recognized as one of the nation's leading healthcare podcasts, you're listening to Spend Less on Healthcare with Dr. Josh Luke, where you'll get simple tips to reduce the amount of money you and your family spend on healthcare. Hosted by longtime hospital CEO, healthcare futurist, three-time Amazon number one best-selling author, corporate coach, and sought-after keynote speaker, Dr. Josh Luke, he and guests teach you how to keep more money in your pocket and live healthier. Take a seat in Dr. Luke's waiting room. Hey folks, before we jump into the next segment of the show, I want to make sure you know how to request further information from me or from the show or whatever it is you're looking for. And the best way to do that, we've really simplified it for you, is just to text the word Josh, my first name, J-O-S-H, to 72000, that's 72000. In fact, when you text the show, you'll not only receive our free gift, which is 10 tips to start saving on healthcare today, you'll receive it right away, but you'll also uh, receive promo codes for some of the other products and services we offer you to learn how to uh, spend less on healthcare for you and your family. So that's text the word Josh to 72000 and get your 10 tips list at no charge today. Thanks so much. Text me. So are you ready for today's one minute tip on how you and your family can save on healthcare? And guys, this is a big one and it's awesome. If you have an employer sponsored healthcare plan, meaning you get benefits through your work or a loved one's work, when it's time for an expensive procedure, the more expensive, the more true this is. They will tell you, here's a list of in-network hospitals versus out-of-network. They might refer to it as a narrow network. They might call it a center of excellence, okay, or a center of value. Uh, ask them the difference in your share of costs, whether it's a $1,000 copay versus 5000 if you stay in their network versus go outside. Some companies are even make you, making you pay all of it now if you go outside. But oftentimes when you say, they say, hey, it's 1000 if you stay in or it's 5000 or more if you go out, ask them what their cost is going to be if you go outside of the network. And then ask them uh, if they are willing to pay your share of cost, that $1,000, if you stay in network. You'd be surprised to find out how often companies will say, yes, we will absorb that. Because if you're saving three or four grand, they're probably saving 10 times that. So engage in the process. You hear us talking about becoming an EHC, an engaged healthcare consumer. This is a great example of you and your family becoming an EHC. Engage in the process. Become an engaged healthcare consumer. This is your one-minute tip on how you and your family can save on healthcare. Welcome back to Spend Less on Healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Luke. Uh, we're going to... Um, have some pizza today, folks. We're going to have a little healthcare pizza with the creator, founder of Healthcare Pizza, uh, Andy Michkowski. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Luke. A pleasure to have, uh, you know, be acquainted and been a big fan of the show for a while now. So I appreciate you coming on. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. I know most recently before you went out on your own. And by the way, congratulations going out on your own. That's a, a big step to become an entrepreneur. I know I did it after a lot of years. Um, it comes with some freedom and some anxiety, uh, and we can talk about that in a minute. But uh, but you were with Evalent Health, which is one of the leading what what we call in the industry kind of population health uh, consultancies. Tell us a little bit about what they did and and kind of how you got there, how your journey led you to be a thought leader in that space. Absolutely, and and appreciate the question. You know, my story at Evalent Health begins in 2015. Uh, I think at the time they were preparing to go public or IPO. Uh, and I joined a team called Transformation, which was doing strategy consulting to health systems and physician groups across the country who were trying to figure out how this world of value-based care or shift from fee-for-service 
to fee for value was going to affect their bottom lines. Uh, and so spent, you know, about a year in this uh, consulting team on three to four month engagements uh, until the company reorged and, and pivoted to, to more of an operating services based organization. So I have the pleasure of working with hospitals, health plans, and employers across the country focused on Medicare ACOs, uh, bundle payment programs, uh, like the, the current BPCI advanced program through CMS. Uh, I've worked with health plans, specific to cardiology and oncology, uh, as well as start up Medicaid joint venture health plan. So kind of the gauntlet of uh, different flavors of value-based care or, or what they, they determine in the industry. Um, and really looking to use that experience built in go-to-market or business development marketing to assist uh, future companies. Uh, so primarily working with startups across the country uh, that are looking to grow uh, enter into new partnerships and, and serve more patients at a specific disease level or uh, more broadly at a, at a population basis. Awesome stuff. And, and guys, before, uh, before you go, oh man, they're going to be talking over my head and geeking out on uh, population health, hospital CEO type stuff. No, that's not actually what we're going to spend the next 25 minutes doing. We're going to we're going to teach you how to save on healthcare and how to spend less on healthcare. We're going to get very specific like we always do. I wanted to ask before we kind of get into those specific tactics that we always get you to, uh, I wanted to ask about healthcare pizza. I wanted to ask about how you started it, what the concept is, what you're trying to accomplish with it. If you could share that with our audience as well. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, healthcare in general uh, has a veil of uh, 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 complication associated with there's a lot of jargon uh, a lot of acronyms that just are not commonplace in in the regular vocabularies of americans or or people across the world uh, and i think uh to some degree it's unfortunate they do this on purpose uh to kind of keep it uh the decision making uh focused on a smaller select group of people in the country um healthcare pizza is is a healthcare blog where i post weekly insights related to the future of healthcare technology, healthcare innovation, healthcare startups. Uh, but I'm trying to do it in a more approachable manner. Uh, I try to infuse pop culture, you know, witty references, bad jokes, um, and, and do so in a way that is understandable to a physician, to a nurse, uh, to a home health aide, uh, you know, someone who's looking at the periphery and trying to scratch their head and figure out why healthcare is so expensive, so complicated, no one can figure it out. Uh, and so that's really the premise behind uh, the blog. And then I also do post uh, fairly frequently on LinkedIn and Twitter uh, under my first initial last name, um, you know, to do the same thing, kind of uh, spark conversation in an approachable manner. So folks, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll just ask that question right now, then we usually wait till the end, but you mentioned uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, and I'm going to spell it for you. Unless you're driving, I want you to write this down because you're not going to remember it. I want to spell Andy's last name for you and give you his uh, Twitter handle uh, and also on LinkedIn where you can find him. So on LinkedIn at, at Andy Michkovsky, which is spelled capital M-I-T-C-H-K. Wait, no, that's not right. I'm reading my handwriting here. All right, capital M-Y-C-H-K-O-V-S-K-Y. That's M Y C H. K-O-V-S-K-Y. Uh, on Twitter, on the bird, it's A and the last name. So it's just A, Michkowski on Twitter. And then if you want to check out Healthcare Pizza, guys, I know you know how to spell those words, healthcarepizza.com. So check out each of those things. 
and uh, you can learn more about Andy and some of the awesome experience he has. By the way, if you didn't know, uh, he's a, a Wolverine. He went to Michigan, and I understand a big sports fan, so when we get to our last question, we're going to find out who he likes more, uh, the Wolverines or one of those uh, – local teams there in Detroit that always seems to find their way into the championship. So we'll get to that in a few minutes, but I wanted to ask Andy about 2019 being the year of transparency and pricing transparency in healthcare. Um, where does that go? Do you believe pricing transparency for hospitals, hospital and insurer rates and pharma are going to actually make a difference in regards to bringing healthcare costs down or what are your feelings on transparency? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, more recently in the federal government uh, through Medicare and Medicaid agencies about uh, how easy and flowable uh, access to patient data should be. Uh, and you have on one side, uh, the incumbents, you know, the electronic medical record, uh, the software companies that kind of house all the patient information. You have the hospitals themselves uh, that have, you know, their uh, aligned interests as well. Um, to kind of keep that information private within their walls of the organization, um, you know, fighting to say, look, uh, maybe don't try and open up Pandora's box. You have a lot of healthcare startups and companies out there that want access to patient data. Uh, and so maybe tiptoe quietly, uh, you know, be very cautious about opening up access uh, and, and therefore, you know, let us continue to kind of do our jobs the best we can. Uh, on the other side, you have many patient advocates uh, many people across the healthcare industry uh, that are asking, you know, the patient data to be in the hands of the consumer. Uh, and if the consumer, you know, wants to share that information with another company that they think is going to be better their healthcare, um, you know, they should do so and have access. And it shouldn't be in a hundred pages of scanned or faxed uh, paper copies that no one can read. It should be in something that's legible, uh, that's consistent, that that you don't need you know, a stat, stats degree from MIT to understand. Uh, and so, you know, that battle was raging on in terms of will it affect costs or not? Um, you know, I think I'm hopeful uh, that patients who have access to their own data can make uh, positive decisions around, you know, who gets that access, who gets their, their information and how that can be used to, you know, determine better dietary plans to figure out which providers of care uh, physicians, nurses, et cetera, uh, might be better suited to treat them in their specific area. Uh, but I think it's, it's tough for me to say um, more broadly if it's going to demonstrably uh, reduce costs uh, in, the, in the short term, at least, until we see exactly what's laid out. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And, and, and I, I say it, uh, when, I, when people ask me that question, I say, look, guys, we can't hold consumers responsible for becoming EHCs, engaged healthcare consumers, until they have uh, the information they need, not just the prices, but as you mentioned, in a language that they understand. And I think it's going to take a good two or three more years to get there, even though 2019, in my estimation, was the year of pricing transparency in healthcare. I also think 20 and 21 will be, and by 2022, we'll probably have the ability as consumers to actually not just um, kind of grasp the information that's now required to be out there, but there's not just going to be three or four of these portals that help us shop and compare prices. There's probably going to be a bunch of them. So I'm really looking forward to that. So let's talk about price shopping, uh, Andy, in, in, in you and in, in your, your, uh, just managing your personal health. 
when it comes to whether it's pharmaceuticals or primary care or even just a procedure or surgery, are there any resources that you refer to for price shopping when it comes to you managing your own budget? Absolutely. Um, so in terms of, you know, drugs or prescription drug medications, um, there's a fairly popular site uh, that is a, you know, a very, uh, it's a big company based out of, I believe, San Francisco called GoodRx, uh, all one word. And I think the premise of that company and similar ones uh, like it is to uh, look at all of the various pharmacy or drug op opportunities in your area, uh, price shop them on behalf of you, and then spit out the number or recommendation uh, for you to travel to uh, that will offer you a direct savings amount. So, um, you know, there could be one pharmacy that's uh, right next to you uh, and another pharmacy that's, you know, five minutes away. Because of the way that healthcare is set up, it's very difficult to know which one has better pricing based on your insurance, based on the individual deals that they've struck with the drug companies. Uh, this uh, website and the ones like it uh, will do that for you and then recommend um, you know, which org location you should go to. So that's one thing that I, that I go to quite often um, to kind of look at prices. You know, I also do uh, quite frequently before going, uh, you know, having a procedure or having a test, uh, I will uh, price shop or, or look at the price transparency calculators or tools that are offered uh, through my health insurance program. I think those are, you know, interesting, um, you know, barometers to test uh, how much it could be based on your particular insurance. I don't think they're, you know, perfect indicators and you certainly need to watch out for, you know, expenses that are outside of your insurance company's network, um, you know, referred to as out of network providers or balance, you know, emergency billing or balance billing uh, events. So, you know, I think those are two things that I pretty regularly use both for in terms of medical and then drugs. Hey folks, it's Doug Sandler, host of the Turnkey Podcast and the Nice Guys on Business Podcast, downloaded 3.5 million times in 175 plus countries. I wanted to make sure that you know that Dr. Josh Luke is not only a nationally recognized podcast host, but an award-winning futurist and one of the most engaging and funniest keynote speakers you could ever see at any type of event. Did you know that Dr. Luke founded a not-for-profit in honor of his mom to raise money for Alzheimer's? And when he speaks, proceeds go to that cause? Whether it's an association event, trade meeting, corporate meeting, or church, Dr. Luke is counting on you to reach out to your event planner today to keep his epic run going of being one of America's hottest up-and-coming keynote speakers. He will have you rolling in your seats with laughter and at the same time engage you with stories that help you live healthier and save thousands on healthcare. You can follow him daily on LinkedIn and Twitter and check out his speaking samples on his YouTube channel as well. And when he speaks, everyone in the audience gets a free copy of his most recent best-selling book. And who doesn't want to hear a futurist speak? In fact, the first three people to reach out to the show today to connect Dr. Luke to their association meeting planner will receive a free copy of his book. Reach out at info at spendlessonhealthcare.com. That's I-N-F-O at spendlessonhealthcare.com. Email today. Well, we're huge fans of GoodRx on this show. In fact, folks, if you haven't done this already, if you would like to get uh, from Spend Less on Healthcare, uh, if you would like to get that list of 10 tips to spend less on healthcare, um, it's free. You can just text the word Josh, J-O-S-H, to 72000, and you'll just be asked one question. Just say yes, and you'll get emailed that list with a little video where I walk you through each of the 10 tips. And, and I'll give you a hint. The first one is actually 
shopping for pharmaceuticals. And um, GoodRx is really the heart of that answer, uh, or excuse me, of that recommendation. It just goes through everything that Andy did, where as long as you type in two or three bits of information, it's going to tell you exactly what each drug is going to cost and uh, how long it's going to take you to get there and uh, how many miles you'll have to drive to get it. And it's one of the best resources I've ever seen uh, to help you become an EHC. And guys, hey, if you're looking for a first step, if you haven't, if you have, if you've been listening to this show going, man, I don't know, I was just brainwashed and raised to think that my insurance was going to pay for it like everybody else in this country, but I really want to learn how to save, but I, I'm just kind of nervous because it's human nature to be nervous to change. GoodRx is probably the easiest step to start. You just go online, good, G-O-O-D-R-X.com, and type in your address, the medication you want, and boom, you'd be amazed how quickly it's a little scary. It knows every drugstore around you. It tells you how much the price is going to be for that drug. It also says, hey, we can deliver it to your door later today if you want, and we'll save you a few bucks over the drugstore, or we can have it delivered to your home in the next you know, three days, and you'll save a bunch of money over what it'll cost you at a drugstore. So GoodRx, great recommendation, Andy. I appreciate you bringing that up. Let's move on now to um, kind of disease management. In almost every family, there's one individual who's on kind of a permanent medication or, or has some sort of chronic condition or disease that needs a little more attention a little more management, and there's so many mobile apps and technologies out there now to help manage those um, processes, whether it's diabetes or something else. But can you share with us uh, someone you know or experience you've had where you've seen the value of that new technology? Because what I emphasize in my book, Health Wealth for You, is that the future is in personalized and preventative medicine, knowing your body and treating your body on an individual basis. So are you able to share a story with us around that? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the, the sad reality of healthcare is uh, it is very personal and um, everyone can talk about, you know, an instance where a family member, a friend themselves personally um, has had a disease, oftentimes chronic that they have to live with every day. And um, I think one of my fairly close friends, um, you know, has, is, has been a type two diabetic for a while now and um, utilizes a service provided by his employer. Um, but you know, the company and the service is called Lavongo Health. And there are a couple companies that are very similar, specifically talk, uh, tackling the diabetes care space and, and improving, um, you know, what actually happens and how the care that you received, allowing you to be an, an engaged healthcare consumer. Um, you know, Lavongo specifically, um, I think they partner with employers. Uh, I think they send you a glucometer uh, that, that they've tested and know that is high quality. I believe they also send you free test strips uh, uh, so that you're, you know, that's not a cost that you're having to bore um, and provide you a wraparound virtual care team. So a health coach, uh, you know, provider, whether it's a nurse or a pharmacist or a doctor, depending on your situation, um, you know, someone to look over you, as well as the information in an application or a technology uh, portal that's easy to access, that gives you all your, you know, uh, important metrics and utilization uh, and quality standards you would need uh, to best manage your diabetes care and, and how my friend does uh, for his own. So that's one example. There are other companies very similar uh, Verta Health is another one uh, that focuses on um, changing your diet. Can you uh, spell that for us? How do you spell Verta? Verta, I think it's V-I-R-T-A space health. Yeah, I've seen those guys. And, and, and again, another great resource. 
Absolutely. I think they, they really focus on um, how can your diet specifically improve your, your insulin uh, dependence and, and better manage your type 2 diabetes, uh, potentially you know, allowing you not to have to take so many medications, which we know are expensive uh, and burdensome. So uh, there's a couple other companies out there. Those are two that come to mind that I know, uh, you know personal friends have explored and, and tried themselves. Tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, have, have you personally uh, done your full genome sequence, partial genome sequence DNA test or done the microbiome? And what's been your experience with any of those? So I have not done the full genome sequencing. Um, I have done 23andMe um, just to, to more, you know, see what my heritage was, but also uh, look at some of the indicators related to predisposition or, or what could be looking down the line uh, in terms of my genetics uh, and healthcare or health uh, outcomes. Sure. Well, um, it's personalized and preventative. You're taking that first step to get to know your body more and whether it's pharmacogenetics, nutrigenomics, whatever it might be. You know, those, those technologies have arrived, and the, the sooner we can get access to reliable technology to focus on our own personal health, the better, right? So what about apps that you use to manage your health, whether it's diet, chronic condition, uh, exercise? What, what technologies do you use on a daily or weekly basis just to manage your health? Yeah, I think uh, some of the technologies I use are, are uh, fancy, and some of them are, are, are very uh, low-maintenance uh, on the on the higher end technology spectrum. Uh, so I do have an Apple watch, uh, which I like to track both my you know, heart rate uh, when I'm exercising, what my baseline heart rate is uh, when I'm sitting, as well as while I'm sleeping specifically. And so there's a, there's a, uh, a separate um, you know, sleeping app application that I downloaded. I, I forget the name, uh, but it pairs directly with my Apple watch and it's able to kind of see what my heart rate and how much I'm moving during the night uh, to give me an idea of, of how rested or, or how much uh, sleep that was restful I got that night. Um, that's, that's more on the, the more technology driven. On the other spectrum, um, I frankly just write all of my medical information that I talked after talking to a doctor uh, or if I'm with a, a loved one. Um, I had an experience with uh, my wife's uh, you know, family member uh, where they were in the hospital for many, a couple months and you would not imagine the complications associated with all the different nurses, all the different doctors that come in and out of the room. And so the ability to track in our notes app, uh, which is obviously a simple thing that comes preloaded on a, an Apple iPhone, uh, but just having that chronological listing in bullet form of all the medications that they said, um, all the things that they were testing or looking out for uh, so that we could look back at them collectively across two or three of us uh, was helpful uh, when we were trying to figure out what the right uh, next steps would be. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So um, do you have a personal website that you can refer people to, or is it just the healthcarepizza.com website? What's the way, easiest way for them to find you uh, on your own media? Yeah, healthcarepizza.com. I think uh, it's probably the easiest way to find me, and you can link to my you know LinkedIn and Twitter accounts if you so choose. Um, you know, my last name, Michkovsky, is Ukrainian. Uh, it's 10 characters are very difficult to spell, and I know that. So, uh, you know, that's probably the, the website. It's probably the easiest way. So let's dig in a little bit. And, guys, we're going to go a little deeper than we might normal here. Let's say you do have a hospital, uh, whether it's you, a family member, or even a parent. You know, one of my, one of my, my first uh, mainstream book had quite a few chapters on um, – 
you know, caring for mom and dad in their golden years when you're the adult child. And, and some of the best feedback I got were on the two chapters that were specific to that. And so since Andy and I kind of both were um, thought leaders in that space, I want to talk, talk a little bit about what we call population health or care transitions in the industry. But I want to keep it very personal and simple for you as the individual caring for an aging parent. Uh, and let's talk about hospital discharge planning. Back when I was a hospital CEO, as a result of the fee-for-service reimbursement model for doctors, hospitals, and nursing homes, just about any patient that had good insurance was sent to a nursing home, any senior patient, uh, because it was easier and everybody made more money, and that's unfortunate. And um, we're trying to change that. I actually developed a, a, a trademarked model called Discharge with Dignity, which teaches hospitals to see if they can get patients directly home safely and, and by reducing the risks. And the company you worked for, Evelyn, Andy, I know, um, spent a lot of time kind of in that space. So help our, um, our listeners uh, educate them on how that process goes. Because what I found, let me, let, me, let me reset that really quickly. When I speak, I trick people by asking, raise your hand really high if you can't wait for the day that you get to spend the rest of your life in a convalescent home. <laughs> you know, everybody chuckles, but nobody raises their hand. And I'm setting the stage for the fact that what I just told you two minutes ago was, well, when I was a CEO, the financial model was send everybody to a nursing home and everybody wins. And that's what happened. And we're trying to undo that. But we need you, the consumer, the patient, the alpha daughter of the patient in the hospital, okay, to be aware that you don't have to go to a nursing home and you need to ask your doctor what are the other options? Mom and dad, mom or dad would rather age and heal at home. What are our options to do that? What are the risks if we do that? Share some of your experiences, Andy, to empower our listeners to not necessarily question their doctor. You can call it questioning, but just say, hey, doc, what are the other options? Because you'd be amazed how quickly the doctor says, oh, yeah, of course, they can go home if they want. I just thought, you know. Whatever. So, so tell us your experience with that because I want to empower patients to be willing to say what are all the options and what are the risks associated with each. Yeah, I think you, you make a fantastic point. And um, you know, one that's real, a real travesty of the healthcare system uh, where we let you know, a few people make decisions on behalf of the many uh, and kind of tr trust their gut judgment and guidance. And there are you know, bad incentives or misaligned incentives uh, often referred to as heads and beds in the healthcare system. Um, I think if you are listening uh, and you have a loved one or you yourself, yourself uh, has ever been in a hospital, you're waiting to be discharged. Uh, you know, oftentimes you might see the doctor one time, uh, you know, per day. Uh, they might just, you know, randomly one day come in and say you're ready to go, uh, and, and that's when the discharge planning process will begin, and the care team in the hospital will begin to look at. Uh, how sick you are, what your recovery time will be. Do you need physical therapy? Uh, do you have someone at home uh, that's safe, that can watch over you, uh, make sure that nothing bad happens and you have to come back to the hospital? Uh, so they're taking into a number, of, uh, a number of factors and then ultimately, you know, trying to recommend or, or um, you know, refer you to either a nursing home, a skilled nursing facility, uh, or home with home health uh, aides. Uh, who'd come directly to you. And I think uh, more broadly, a lot of people in the healthcare uh, ecosystem are pushing for patients to be discharged directly to their home. 
uh, where they're around their loved ones uh, in a space that's familiar. And oh, by the way, uh, way, way, way cheaper uh, than you know what otherwise would be uh, sitting yeah. in a nursing home. So I think one is is trying to be an advocate for yourself. Um, I think it's easier oftentimes for the family member of the person being discharged uh, to kind of be the bully. Uh, and so you can ask the nurse, the charge sure. nurse to, to, to clarify. And then even within the discharge planning process, uh, you know, if you know you're going to go to a nursing home for X amount of weeks because it's required, um, at the very least, you can do your own research uh, to go to the one that you want to go to. Maybe it's yeah. closer, higher quality. Uh, you know, you can look up Medicare Stars rating, which is a you know a, a website that kind of ranks uh, the quality of, of each of the nursing homes in your area. Uh, so there's things that you can do proactively. It's a perfect guide, but it's a guide. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. it's, um, and it might take you some time. But um, you know, even googling uh, you know high quality nursing home in your area, uh, looking at reviews on Google or others uh, can hopefully give you a direction. Yeah. For sure. And hey, guys, I don't know if I mentioned this, but that book that I wrote, my, it was my first bestseller, actually. It was called X Acute. A former hospital CEO tells all on what's wrong with American healthcare. X Acute, a former hospital CEO tells all on what's wrong with American healthcare. Available on Amazon. I think that the Kindle's really cheap and there's a hard copy as well. It, 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 I think it was probably my, uh, it's one of the books I'm most proud of because I, I self-published it and it still hit bestseller. But it really has a handful of chapters just designed around this. So let's drill even further on that, Andy. So you're the alpha daughter, you're the spouse, uh, the patient is being told, hey, you could benefit from some time in a skilled nursing facility or an acute rehab. Here's what I want you to do next after you ask about what are the options, what are the risks of going home. I want you to ask like, hey, um, how long do you think uh, my, my parent, my, my husband, my spouse will need in that facility. And here's why I want you to drill down on this is because the nursing home, if you don't stay a week, they're going to make you stay a week. They're going to try to make you stay two to three weeks. That's when the they really financially capture um, what they want. And guys, look, I'm a nursing home minister, so I'm not necessarily saying anything bad. I'm just kind of pulling back the curtain. Look, if your dad only needs three or four days of therapy, then just go aggressive outpatient therapy because both the acute rehab hospital, which I've run, and nursing homes, which I run, are going to push back. So I would say the next level of, hey, what are the risks, uh, of, would be asking the expected length of stay um, for what that patient needs. And, and the last thing I'll say before I get Andy's opinion on this is one thing I observed working in so many levels of post-acute care is the discharge plan is the same whether it's home health, skilled nursing, acute rehab, or any other level, which is figure out this patient's living environment and make sure they're strong enough and safe enough and healthy enough to return home to that environment if they live alone by themselves or if they have a caregiver um, to be there with their caregiver based on the strength of that caregiver. So the living environment and how much support they have. So Andy, elaborate on that. I, I Again, this show is about teaching these listeners how to spend less on healthcare. And uh, this is, we've never drilled this deep because you and I are both experts in this area. Let's keep going on this. Um, not just asking your doctor options and risk, but talking about length of stay. What else can we offer to them when they're in the heat of the battle here um, to make them better at not uh, spending wastefully? Absolutely. And I think uh, it's important to remember as the patient, uh, you have the final say um, 
you know, sometimes it feels like the doctor can tell you and push you around, but ultimately they have to comply with what you want. Uh, and so that should be a decision that you, your family is comfortable with in addition to the provider nurse that is treating you. Um, and, and honestly, you can ask for a second opinion. Um, so whether it's a, another um, provider in the hospital um, or, or one at a different organization, um, that's with, well within your right uh, to do. In terms of, and I think you made a very good point about length of stay uh, in the nursing home, trying to get a range uh, of upfront how long you should be there. And, and if you begin to creep up beyond that amount or duration, uh, you know, pulling the flag up, maybe calling the doctor again, um, you know, questioning uh, to the nursing home uh, or the skilled nursing facility, uh, acute rehab, et cetera. Um, why am I staying in and how much longer do you think? What is the quality reasons uh, beyond just, you know, we want to keep you here for another day uh, that's keeping, you know, your loved one there? I think it's equally important to think about that in terms of home health. Um, I think people oftentimes just assume uh, because people are coming to your home, uh, it's, it's easier, it's cheaper. Uh, but the same way that the incentives align for nursing homes to keep you in the hospital or in the nursing home longer, uh, it's the same way that, that home health companies get paid uh, oftentimes. So just be an advocate for yourself, uh, you know, both in terms of the nursing home, uh, but also home health. I think one other thing that you know, can be helpful in situations where patients uh, that are discharged from the hospital, but living on their own or have a loved one that works during the day um, and, and needs attentive or, or help around, around the house. Um, there are services that have ad hoc uh, or similar to Uber, um, you know, hourly by hourly uh, home health aid support. And so people who can come to your house who have been vetted or certified by another organization um, as qualified and help you do some, you know, daily activities, uh, non-medical benefits, but, but helping you cook, helping you clean, uh, doing your laundry, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think there's one company in particular that I know of uh, called Honor. Uh, it's a company, again, based in California, but believed to have partnered with many company or many um, home health uh, companies across the country. Uh, but, but certainly in your area, uh, that's another option as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if Honor's still providing direct-to-patient care, but I think the point is that Andy um, is sharing what I've been kind of a vocal advocate for for about six or seven years since my mom went through the Alzheimer's disease process before her passing, bless her heart. But uh, home care is the term we use versus home health. Home health is considered therapeutic, meaning you know physical, speech, occupational therapy to get stronger, or clinical because you have a healthcare need. So home health would be therapeutic or clinical, which is about 100 bucks an hour uh, on average. Non-medical home care is 25 bucks an hour, and it's, it's just more so what I always call eyes and ears, a little cooking, a little cleaning, helping with hygiene, helping bathe. And during my mom's nine-year disease process, there was only about two months after um, she had a, an incident where she actually needed home health. The other three or four years, uh, the last three or four years of her life, home health at $25 an hour, eyes and ears, just somebody to be there, make sure she was safe, didn't wander off, didn't fall, could go to the bathroom, was eating, was hydrating. Um, such great input, Andy, on that. So, guys, 
Um, and seriously, if this is of interest to you, check out my book on Amazon. It's called X Acute, EX Acute. A former hospital CEO tells all on what's wrong with American healthcare. It's got a ton of very specific information on navigating uh, through your parents' golden years, when you would use assisted living, when you wouldn't, when you would use a quote-unquote care placement agent, and when you wouldn't, that's more so for assisted living. But when you start Googling assisted livings, you might find yourself locked into somebody like a place for mom or somebody else who's going to ask for a commission from the facility when you um, get kind of led to their website. So that book helps you kind of avoid all those things and spend less on healthcare as well. So this has really been exciting for me. It's the first time in a long time on, on this podcast that I've been able to have a pop health expert where we were able to drill down and share with you how to more effectively manage um, your parents care, your, your, your loved ones care, your spouse's care, a friend's care to give them advice. Hopefully we've given you enough and a few places to go, whether it's healthcare pizza or one of my books or the 10 tips to save on healthcare um, to really start this journey to become an engaged healthcare consumer. But Andy, I am going to ask you the most important question of all. And I tipped you off to it earlier because we're down to our last few seconds here, whether it's a college team or a professional sports team, what is your favorite sports team of all to root for and why? Yeah, I think it, uh, it really pains me to answer this question um, this year or actually the last few years. But my favorite sports team in general uh, is the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and that's a professional hockey team uh, based out of Michigan, obviously Detroit. Uh, but when I was growing up, uh, I played hockey all through you know, my formative years competitively. And the Detroit Red Wings – uh, during those time frames from you know, good, elementary to middle school. They were winning championships, uh, yeah, year after year. Better off, years, right? better off Iserman. Um, you had Oz, Chris Osgood as goalie. Uh, so just the, the you know, quintessential uh, powerhouse hockey team uh, when I was growing up. Uh, today, they are one of the worst performing teams in the league right now. Uh, and so you know, by, to, to a little bit alleviate the pain there, uh, I'm also a fan of uh, where I'm based locally uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, which is the Washington uh, Capitals. And they That's are the cool. top of their division. So I've, I've been able to kind of uh, mend my bruises uh, for the Red Wings uh, by also being a fan of the local team here, uh, the Capitals. And folks, not that this is a hockey show, but one of the coolest sports uh, stories I saw all year was back on February 23rd, a Sunday, when the Zamboni driver for the Carolina Panthers actually got to go in the game as a goalkeeper, and it was for the Toronto Maple Leafs, as I understand, the opposing team, because of this really rare rule that the NHL implemented seven or eight years ago that each team has to have a third-string goalkeeper on the premise uh, for either team, an emergency goalkeeper. But this was the first guy that ever got the W. He got the win. Uh, he let the first two shots in, and then he stopped, I think, eight shots after that. And if you haven't read this story, check it out on ESPN.com. Just type in Zamboni Driver, stars, stars as emergency goalie for the Hurricanes. I mean, it, it's as close as you can get to a real-life, um, I don't know what, what you would call, uh, like uh, make a story or something like that, yeah. But uh, what I think is ironic before we wrap up is he, he had to go in for the opposing team, right? And I think they were up about 6-1 to one at the time or 5-1 to one or something. And he gave up the first two shots. And so if you're on the Maple Leafs, are you smacking him on the side going, hey, man, I'll throw a little extra money in for you just to block a few shots. We only got 10 minutes left. So he ended up blocking eight shots. And it turns out the guy is their reserve goalie for practice. And it sounds like, very smartly, 
the Carolina Panthers probably, when they picked their goalie, said, give this guy a job here in the arena so he's not far away. So anyway, I don't know. Had you heard that story already, Andy? It's pretty cool. I have. I have, absolutely. I think the guy's name is uh, Dave Ayers. Yeah. Uh, and I think he made like eight saves. Uh, yeah. They ended up winning the game. So uh, Even if you're yeah. not a hockey story, I mean, that's like me getting that one at bat in the majors. But, of course, I want the slowest pitcher ever to pitch to me if I can, so I can at least get the Right, ball. right. So, so, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Andy, uh, folks, check out healthcarepizza.com. You can follow Andy Machowski on uh, Twitter uh, at A Machowski. You can follow him on, uh, on LinkedIn at Andy Machowski. And, uh, Andy, thanks so much for joining the show, and I look forward to just collaborating with you in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and uh, to all listening, have a great day. So here we are. We've reached the end of the road for this excellent episode. Make sure that you follow our guests on social media and check out our prior episodes as well. You can find them at drjoshluke.com. You already heard our offer for a free copy of 10 Tips to Start Saving on Healthcare Today. In addition, when you text that number, we're going to respond with a promo code that gets you a copy of the award-winning Personal Health Spending Reduction Tool for just 49 bucks instead of $79. This personal health care reduction spending tool guarantees you and your family will save at least $1,000 in the initial 90 days after completing the assessment and more, uh, even more than $5,000 in the first year. This is guaranteed uh, for you and your family to save that much money in year one. Uh, this is a not-for-profit, folks, and we did this for you. We partnered with all these resources because this is what our um, what we're trying to do is just to help you learn how to spend less on healthcare. So again, to receive the free gift and discount, it's really simple. Just text the word Josh, J-O-S-H, to 72000 and get your 10 tips list and uh, a discount code at no charge. Last but not least, my speaking schedule for the upcoming year is almost filled up. So if you have an upcoming event you'd like to recommend me for, or if you work in the healthcare industry and your company could use a coaching session or maybe uh, utilize the Selling to Hospitals Masterclass, reach out to me today at info at spendlessonhealthcare.com. That's just like the name of the podcast. It's info, I-N-F-O, at spendlessonhealthcare.com. You've been listening to the nationally recognized healthcare podcast, Spend Less on Healthcare with Dr. Josh Luke, where you get simple tips to reduce the amount of money you and your family spend on healthcare. For more information on any of the tips, products, promotions, solution providers, or guests featured on this episode, email info at spendlessonhealthcare.com. That's I-N-F-O at spendlessonhealthcare.com. For additional episodes and information on the host, visit drjoshluke.com. That's drjoshluke.com.